You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Talk Network. This is a special report. We're broadcasting from the Above the Law Converge Conference in New York City. This is Bob Ambrogi. I'm co-host of the Lawyer to Lawyer show on the Legal Talk Network. And in this segment of this special report, we're going to be talking about emerging technical trends and best practices. And we have a whole panel here of speakers uh, surrounding me here who've just presented a panel on this topic at the conference. What I'm going to ask you all to do is to go around uh, and tell me real quick your name and what you do. So, Dan, let's start with you. My name is Dan Lear. I do legal industry outreach uh, for Avo, the legal uh, website and marketplace. I am Tasha Cooper, and I run a company called Upward Action. We do social media training for lawyers, and also we run paid advertising campaigns on social networks for attorneys. Thanks, Bob. Uh, My name is Mike Schmidt. I'm the vice chair of the Labor and Employment Department at the uh, law firm of Cozen O'Connor, where we represent uh, and counsel clients on the corporate side uh, on labor and employment issues. My name is Ryan Lytle. I'm the head of social media and community for uh, the media company called Mashable, which is based, which is headquartered here in New York City. And I'm Joe Patrice, and I make jokes about law firms on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) How do I get a job like that? Um, Well, let's start with blogs. Uh, This is a big topic, I guess, whenever you get lawyers together to talk about social media, and uh, some of us have been blogging for a long time now, some of us are newer to it, but with so many blogs out there, so many topics being covered, uh, is there really any value for somebody who hasn't started a blog and considering doing it at this point? And I'll throw that to whoever wants to answer. Sure. Uh, I think there is value to doing it if you can find what your value is. Uh, There clearly are a lot of us out there as lawyers. There clearly are a lot of us as lawyers who are out there blogging. Uh, So if you can figure out who your particular target audience is and you can figure out what specific value you can give to that target audience, whether it's a particular niche area that you're blogging about, whether it's certain takeaways that you can uh, get to them through your blog as opposed to just being another one of the half million blogs in your uh, area of practice, um, I think that there is a reason to do it and there is value to be gained from it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think blogs are very important. We talk a lot about helping lawyers build their online reputations, build their personal brands. And a part of that is showing up, adding value. So, so adding, adding to that point, getting clear about who you are, how you want to be perceived, what you, how do you want to be known to your clients, and then showing up, delivering value. I think that's important. Yeah, well, still, even then, how do you get, well, I'm sorry, I didn't want me to cut you off. Were you about to say something? Yeah, well, there, there really has been no better time um, in terms of distribution, in terms yeah. of the ways that you can get your voice out. So even if you're just starting a blog today, um, there are a number of ways that uh, a user base, an interested user base, um, can be discovered, whether that's you know really optimizing your SEO practices, your search engine optimization practices, or you know jumping on a number of uh, social networks and and really jumping in those conversations that are happening in real time. Whether that is being a part of um, you know the Facebook uh, ecosystem, the Twitter ecosystem, whether that's jumping on LinkedIn, whether that's um, being a part of some of the the newer uh, networks such as the Snapchats or the Vines or, or the Instagrams or even. You know, the, the newest of, um, you know, hot social media networks like Meerkat. Um, there are a number of ways that you can get your voice out there. Mm-hmm. So if I hear what you're saying, it's that it's not enough to get the blog going, but you need to find a way to get yourself heard. And to do that, you need to kind of venture away from your blog and get involved in other social networks and other social media. If I can chime in, uh, just from personal example, um, and I actually 
I wrote a blog post about this and I, I actually did some graphs, which is pretty unusual for me because A, I'm a lawyer and B, like math is not my strong suit. Um, but I had a blog for about two years and I didn't even put it on any like hotsy totsy platform. I put it on Blogger, which is pretty old school. <laughs> um, and I blogged and, and I did increase the frequency of my posts, but I blogged there for about a year, maybe even two without really sharing it or doing anything with it of any significance. And my traffic was surprisingly like non-existent. And, and the minute, not the minute, but almost instantly after I started engaging with folks on Twitter and sharing my posts there, my traffic just, I mean, it's not dramatic, but, it, but the difference between where I was and where I am uh, was significant simply just from, and I only used one channel. I didn't even go on LinkedIn. I didn't go on Facebook. I just used one channel. So I think, I do think blogging is important, but the, as I think as you were sort of riffing on Bob, the intersection between both having that content and sharing it and using it to engage is pretty significant. We hear a lot yeah. about the, uh, one of the sort of things you hear in social media conferences all the time is that social media is a conversation and you need to be part of the conversation. Uh, what does that mean exactly and how do lawyers do that? I have found that more and more of the audience, the people that you as a lawyer are trying to target and trying to connect with, the general counsel at a company or uh, uh, the individual uh, in, in some particular uh, uh, part of life. You're trying to connect with that person and more and more they are looking through social media, looking through the internet to find you, to see what your activity has been, what kind of blog posts have you uh, uh, made uh, in the particular practice area, what kind of expertise have you shared with others, more than simply coming to you because you're at a particular law firm uh, or because you have a uh, a particular bio on their website. So being out there uh, through social media and connecting with the potential clients, um, I have found uh, is reactive to them wanting to use social media to find you. To add to that, when we talk about what does it mean to be in conversation, I think social media provides a fantastic way to listen to what is happening in the industries that you serve through blogs, through other industry news, paying attention so you're listening, and then sharing, adding your own creative thought, your own commentary to the news of the day. So that is a part of the conversation with social media is first listening. And, and we talked about tools that you can use to listen, you know, uh, Google alerts being an easy one so that you're listening and you're knowing what's happening and then, and then adding your voice. I mean, at the end of the day, these social networks are just humans connecting with other humans. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it is a conversation is just, we're having these conversations, but it's just through specific platforms. But it's also having a conversation and, and, and getting a sense for yourself as to what the audience wants to hear. I mean, very much if you put three people in a room together and they're all spewing out all disconnected things that have nothing to do with each other and they're not listening and they're not responding to what is being asked by the other person, uh, you're not going to get anywhere with your conversation. Social media is very much like that, that you need, as Tasha just mentioned, you need to have an understanding as to what your audience is looking for, what questions are they asking, what kind of value are they looking for, and be responsive to that as a lawyer through your blogs, through your tweets, through your other social media activities. And when you said that, can I just, I was thinking, and it made me think about a, a key point, and that is to have a goal. So part of being on social networks, using social media, is having a goal. And what your end goal 
is will determine how you can add value, right? So how are you adding value through just blogging? Are there tools that you can develop? You talked about uh, an infographic. Is that a useful way to share information? Is there something else that you can give people in exchange for an email address so that you can continue to stay in contact with them? So it really is having a goal and then listening and, and adding value. I, mean, I know one of the topics I heard you touch on during the panel was perhaps this, this issue of, you might put it as a, it's oversharing. You know, we've all seen the lawyers on social media who post their drinking photos or uh, tell all sorts of details about their personal lives. And I, I think there are some who would argue that that's a good thing, that it humanizes them and, and shows that they're not just a, a you know, a, a, a crusty old lawyer. Uh, so how do you know how far to go with that? How, what, what, how do you define the image that you should be putting out there? And to what extent should you control that image? Well, I like to say manage and not control, right? We, we, you can't really control a whole lot. You can manage. And how you show up in real life is how you should show up online. So a lot of people share things and they do things that they would never do um, in an in a in-person environment. But because the Internet makes it kind of easy to, to say all of this stuff and to share all this stuff, they show up doing it. So think about who you are and what you want people to think about you and know about you and share from that perspective. But should you be somebody different for your clients than you are for you know, your family or your friends or your colleagues? No. You, I mean, you, you are who you are. Once you show up online, that is a personality that you have. Now, you don't show up online in the same way that you would inside of your house with just your immediate family, right? But if you're going to social events and you're, you're at restaurants and you're interacting with members of the public, you're doing that as an attorney. Well, and there are extremes, certainly. I mean, you know, to the extent that you're at particular parties with your close inner circle of friends right. or family, I don't know that that's anything ever that you're going to share um, with clients in a professional setting. But at the end of the day, um, this is about relationships and developing relationships. Um, and that's why lawyers tend to go out to meals with potential clients. That's why they'll take them to a ball game, to the theater, so that you get to talk about your family, your kids, your, your personal life, something outside of what the Supreme Court just said mm -hmm. uh, two days ago, to develop the rapport, develop the relationship. Um, so I think y your question um, is, is interesting in, in its extreme, uh, that there are certainly some things, some aspects of what you do in your personal life um, that you wouldn't necessarily do in your professional life on social media or not. But with that said, it is, as Tasha said, about the relationship, developing your personality and letting the client and the potential client seeing who you are and who they are hopefully going to be engaging. I'll also just quickly chime in. I think that there's something to be said for having at least a baseline awareness of the intention or the expected uses of different channels online. Right. Like uh, we, we said in the panel, I think Mike very aptly said that Facebook is LinkedIn in, or LinkedIn is Facebook in a suit. Um, and, uh, you know, we we actually internally at Avo have had this interesting discussion about when we talk, try to talk to or teach lawyers about Facebook, like who really wants to friend their lawyer? I mean, in some cases you might want to, but in some cases you absolutely might not want to. And uh, so we've struggled with Facebook a little bit, but um, I think just an awareness of uh, you know, Facebook is more casual than LinkedIn. Uh, Twitter is more newsy than the other two. Um, and how you kind of, and I don't, again, I think we, I think we got some feedback in the panel about that, about like sort of this just all seems overwhelming. You don't have to be an expert, but just a, a baseline understanding of what people are expecting in certain channels can also help you. Like, I think if someone goes to Facebook, they might very well expect to see pictures of your family and they might not expect to see that on LinkedIn. 
So mm-hmm. I, I think that baseline understanding is key. Joe, I wonder from where, where you sit as an editor at Above the Law, to what extent lawyers' use of social media is something you're aware of? To what extent that's helping you to identify the people that you want to be writing about or the stories that you want to be writing about? Oh, social media is the greatest thing ever because uh, the lawyer who screws up on social media and does not properly manage their brand is exactly what I need to have happen. Uh, that is, that's my dream come true. I mean, that's the worst part about running this panel is essentially I was standing up there with, with a bunch of people telling folks not to do what I need them to do. You're waiting for those summer intern photos. Oh, and that kind of thing, right? interns! Yeah, no, I no. You all, you all are putting me out of business. Stop it, Joe. I hope never to have to see you again. <laughs> nice meeting you too. Uh, how do lawyers know whether they are being successful in their use of social media? Are there tools they should be using to measure their engagement in some way, or are there other measures they should be looking at? Well, you know, I wanted to actually just say something to to Ryan's point about it's a conversation and then to Mike's point about thinking about your audience and then to Tasha's point actually about having a goal. I actually think there's a nice intersection there Um, because I think a lot of people would say like success on social media is volume. Um, And I think it it just really depends on what you want to get out of it. Um, If you really want to get into like a really narrow niche and you only want to engage with 10 people, like you want to think about it from a client perspective, but they're 10 very valuable, uh, very uh, kind of helpful resources. That, that's all you need. I, if I can make a sort of a random aside, uh, I heard that Beck sort of when he was initially making his albums, he was kind of almost kind of doing it as an inside joke to a bunch of friends and it just turned out that everybody else liked them, right? Um, it's like, and that can be success, right? Um, it really depends on sort of what you want to get out of those conversations, um, that, that's sort of how you, I think, measure whether you're, if, you know, and, and, and the, the very esoteric conversation that you're having with the 12 people that you've sought out may not be interesting to a broader audience, but if you're having influence in that sphere, that's success. On the other hand, if you want volume, then you need to figure out how to appeal to that broader audience, how to get them to listen to you and how to say things that they want to hear. Well, I think from a from a media perspective, obviously I, I work for a media company. Um, you know, our goals going into a, a new social network have to be growing a quality audience base, and also, are there traffic goals there? Are there other brand reach opportunities that we have? Um, so that's a goal on that end. I, I would assume for for an individual lawyer who is who is on these social networks. You know the goals have to be: Is it bringing business? Number one, is it is it opening doors to other individuals in the business that I want to be connected with? Um, am I entering into quality conversations? I would assume, you know, both from the media side for us and also on um, on the legal side, if you're answering no to most of those, then you're probably not, you know, using these networks uh, to the best of their their abilities. Yeah. Well, Michael, I've got to guess that you don't <laughs> care so much how many visitors you get as who's reading your blog. Well, and again, it depends very much on how you're defining success. And, and certainly the end game is to have that client relationship and bring in business. Um, but oftentimes it's what you do and how you get there. So, for example, if I had not been blogging, if I had not been tweeting, if I had not been uh, getting my labor and employment issues out there online, 
I would not have been invited to come and share some time with all these great folks at today's conference, and I certainly wouldn't be sitting here talking with you. Nobody would know who I was, and I would just be another lawyer at Cozen O'Connor sitting behind my desk doing, uh, doing my fun work. So it's, it's, yeah, the end game, I suppose, is, is getting that great client relationship, the business aspect of it, but it is also, as Tasha and others have said, developing the brand along the way, having interesting conversations. So if I'm having a, a great legal discussion uh, with somebody and it doesn't translate directly to a client relationship, a business relationship, that was a great afternoon and a great discussion that I've had. It, it depends what your goal is, depends what your end game is, and there are many different ways to define success, to your question. And, and what's interesting about that is, and, and, and just to add to that, is understanding what it takes to get a new client, right? What does it take to, from, from a person first hearing about you, learning about you, knowing about your firm, to actually being a client? Um, and so, and that's how you can measure if you've been successful on social media or not. If you know that speaking is one way that you bring people into your practice, then a way to measure how effective you are on social media is, are you connecting with people who can invite you to speak in front of the audiences of people who can hire you? If you know that when you send out a newsletter, if you're doing an electronic newsletter, that that is a way that people are contacting you. People will read something and then email you or call your office about that. Then one way to determine if you've been successful is to see how many people have joined that newsletter. Having specific goals and then working toward making those goals a reality is a way to have a bottom line metric to measure. Well, I don't think any of us jumped on any of these networks and we all of a sudden had thousands of followers or we were able to connect with a number of people immediately. I mean, these brands have taken years to build. Um, you know, unless you're a major celebrity, we can't just jump on a new network and all of a sudden have a cachet of followers or a cachet of a, a large audience. So this is this type of thing takes much patience. It takes a lot of experimentation and it takes a lot of tinkering until you figure out um, kind of the right path uh, to success. And, and I'd even say it, you know, to borrow it sort of from the entrepreneur's sort of toolbox, it's a constant process of refinement and and again of even changing your position right like okay great wow i secured a decent voice in these circles but a that's maybe not enough people or b uh now i want to expand my reach so I, i think it's it's iterative it's um it's a constantly evolving thing ryan i'm curious from where you said i mean i think i think a lot of lawyers for them social media tends to be maybe blogging you know twitter Facebook, LinkedIn, that's sort of the universe. Uh, you're much more plugged into sort of the broader world of social media. What else should lawyers be thinking about? Are there other platforms, tools, sites, communities, whatever that, that you know, does Pinterest matter to lawyers? What, what else is out there? Uh, well, I'll start off by saying if, um, you know, you're going to jump on some of these networks, you have to understand the audience. You have to understand what are the best practices that go into it and then decide if um, your brand or, or your company's brand kind of fits that ethos. So, you know, Pinterest, unless you're an incredibly visual organization or an incredibly visual individual, um, it's probably not the right type of network. Um, you know, Vine is very interesting because a lot of times, and I'm sure uh, on the legal end, uh, many many of uh, the lawyers who will be listening to this probably aren't the most short-winded, so you have six seconds to get your point across. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting network where a lot of uh, individuals have found ways to kind of expand uh, their message there. You know, 
Instagram uh, is great. Uh, number one, because if you're wanting to share video, um, you have 15 seconds. You can do that. Facebook is actually interesting because they're starting to roll out native video. So you can think about um, the opportunities there for, you know, as an individual or as a, a company, you know, if you're wanting to share certain segments from a panel that you would want to, to push out, um, you can do that. Uh, so those are those are some things. Um, I'm sure many, many lawyers are, are interested in Snapchat and thinking about, can I that? help my personal brand i i'm not going to delve into that but uh there there are many networks that are coming out uh to really help uh kind of expand your voice can i respond quickly bob i just want to say too uh, it all depends on who your audience is and where they are this is like marketing 101 right and let me so like if you want to represent mommy bloggers you better be on pinterest um on the other hand there's a client that or there's a an, an attorney that i know um, he represents uh, active duty military in all variety of their representations. Um, and, you know, I was, I was I kind of bagging too. on... What's that? I said I know him too. Oh, you, yeah, Jerry, right? I wrote about him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told you about him, in fact. Yeah, we use him as an example all the time. Um, I was bagging on Facebook earlier as sort of, I'm not sure whether that's the best platform for lawyers. He not only is on fa- or Facebook, but he actually advertises on Facebook because that's where active duty military spend their time. So, and again, this is where this discussion can get really nuanced, but if you take it back a step, it's just marketing 101. Where are the people that you want to talk to speaking? Um, and how can I be a part of that? And then, and then you got to go there. And, and what are they listening to? And that sort of a thing. That's why you always go to 4chan. <laughs> no, you, know, you want to represent super nerdy, like... <laughs> Hardcore developers, then maybe GitHub is your place, <laughs> right? Yeah. Got like, to Quora. Yeah. yeah. But it, it sort of takes us back in a sense to where we kind of started this conversation, <clears throat> conversation because it sounds like what you're saying, again, is that just you know, putting up a blog and expecting people are going to find you via Google or something isn't the way to do it. You need to be proactive, or to use a word I hate to use, uh, in terms of getting out there and, and uh, pushing yourself out into the channels where, where your potential clients are social media is affirmative social media is active whereas in the past non-social media means of marketing were not as much so by its very definition and nature i think it requires you to be affirmative and be proactive in where you're going um as was just noted uh who you're trying to talk to and what substantive value you can give to those people that you have searched out but it does require um, you know, affirmative uh, activity on your part, and it does require you to be proactive. Again, I think that's just the very nature of social media. Otherwise, you may as well just, you know, continue to hang back and, and engage in the traditional non-social media forms of marketing. That's a key, such a key yeah. word, value. I mean, social media really is about going out and giving value, and in exchange for that value, you're attracting people to you and your practice. So you have to go out and, and give value. I'm curious about LinkedIn because I get the sense that every lawyer feels like they need to be on LinkedIn, but most of them have really no idea what to do there or or why they're there or how they should be using it. I wonder if you have any sense, uh, any of you, on on whether uh, LinkedIn is, in fact, important to lawyer marketing and reputation management and uh, what, what lawyers should know about how they should be using it. I think LinkedIn is very important. And I think at a, at, at a starting point, then you need to have a solid profile. For one, LinkedIn shows up in search engine uh, you know, searches. So it's a great way to shape what's on page one without you having to do a lot of other SEO work. And so you want to have a photo 
that represents who you are. Not necessarily a, a typical lawyer photo, you know, in a suit with, with law books behind you, but a, a professional photo that will connect with the people that you want to work with and a bio that tells your story. And so at a minimum, you want to have that online. LinkedIn is, it's all perception. I mean, LinkedIn is uh, as important or, or is important until it's not important. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, uh, where we are in March 2015, lawyers and people looking for and at lawyers think it's important. Mm-hmm. So um, whatever we may think of it or whatever value or success we may think is derived from it, um, people are still going there to, to look up lawyers, to find lawyers. Um, and there are some unique aspects to LinkedIn where you have particular groups develop that combine the lawyer and certain business interests in the, in the corporate world or in the non-corporate world. Um, so, but, but I think you know it, it is uh, important and will continue to be important as long as people think it is. I'd love to have – you were saying on the panel, Ryan, that you guys use LinkedIn pretty heavily. I'd love to hear you talk more about that and maybe to the extent that you feel comfortable kind of opining on how it might be helpful to lawyers or law firms. Sure. <clears throat> so, I mean, we – as a company use it um, from a company page perspective. So, you know, we've we've really kind of refined it or really kind of zoned in on the, the particular audience that we're looking for from LinkedIn, um, which is that very much professional audience, career-focused audience. Um, and we really focus the kind of content there to hit that audience. So, you know, from our perspective and the, the types of users that we, that we have in terms of the followers, um, you know, these are people who, you know, want to just look smarter for those that they're they're connected with. So they they're sharing content that's going to help them move forward in their career. And so on our end, how we help them do that is by sharing that type of content. So that's that's kind of the idea there. That's that's really what we look for. We also uh, LinkedIn uh, fairly recently, um, and I'm saying recently within the past few months, rolled out um, their long form blogging tool. Um, this originally was LinkedIn influencers, where you know some of the world's um, brightest minds. Um, had the opportunity to do long-form blogging through LinkedIn. They've now rolled this out to all users. And so this is a really um, nice way to utilize the blogging platform that is going to live within the LinkedIn ecosystem. And so now everyone has an opportunity to kind of, you know, quote-unquote, go viral um, on LinkedIn. Um, If you have a piece that just really resonates, um, you have a huge opportunity to reach a lot of different audiences. And from a company perspective, you know, we, we... you know, push our teams um, to use that uh, functionality that we can then highlight. You know, we think about our teams as brand advocates for Mashable in general. Joe, any questions you had wanted to ask on your panel that you didn't get to ask that are just dying to get out there right now? Well, that's really interesting. I didn't even think about that. Um, Just for your benefit, I was going to ask something about the cloud because I know you love that phrase. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. no, I, I I don't know as though there was. I, I actually was very happy about something that did happen to the panel, so I'll just bring it up again. I was happy that somebody asked a question I did want to talk about but never got a chance to until they brought it up, which was the bar associations and their cracking down on LinkedIn endorsements uh, and whether or not whether or not you should be responsible for somebody else endorsing you. Uh, and thankfully, someone asked that, so I didn't feel as left out. I think that's a really interesting issue. I've, I've yeah. had to write a couple of different blog posts about that myself, and uh, it's a fascinating issue. Uh, and 
lawyers do. I heard you saying lawyers need to monitor that, and that's that's very important. And, and with the, the the final takeaway was that bar associations need to be educated, and you know they're starting to come around. So right. Well, that, that's you know the bar the bar involvement in this is is another interesting issue, which is the this question that's been coming up in the last couple of years of, this, of lawyers' duty to be competent in technology and how that extends into social media. Uh, and I know you've done some stuff on that. And uh, I, I just did a blog post this week saying now 13 states have formally adopted this ABA model rule on uh, lawyers having a duty to, you know, it, it's kind of fuzzily worded, but lawyers having a duty to be competent in technology is essentially it, what, the, what it says. It's a good start. And it, it's, it's I, you know, I, I'm not sure a lot of lawyers understand that social media is part of that. It's technology. Yeah. Well, this has been a really interesting discussion. I thank all of you for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, we have been speaking with Dan Lear, who is the Director of Industry Relations for AVO. Uh, Tasha Cooper, who is president of Upward Action, an online reputation management and social marketing consultancy. Michael Schmidt, vice chair of Cozen O'Connor's Labor and Employment Department and blogger extraordinaire. And uh, Ryan Little, social projects manager for Mashable. And of course, Joe Patrice, the editor at Above the Law. Thanks to all of you for being with us. This has been a uh, special report from the Legal Talk Network at uh, the Converge Conference, sponsored by Above the Law here in New York City. Thanks for listening. This is Bob Ambrosio. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.